This is the APQC podcast, where we bring businesses the information they need to work smarter, faster, and with greater confidence. I'm Michael Capelli, and today I'm joined by Alyssa Tucker and APQC's Human Capital Management Area. Hello, Alyssa. How are you today? I'm good. How are you, Michael? Excellent. Excellent. So uh, today we'll be going over several topics in human capital management, so let's get started. Uh, Alyssa, why should someone who does not work in HR care about human capital management? Well, really, Michael, anybody who relies on people to meet their professional objectives can benefit from understanding uh, human capital management. So I would include in this business leaders, people managers, uh, HR professionals, and even um, individual uh, contributors, so individual employees. All of these groups of people um, rely on human capital processes, so we're talking about staffing, training, motivating, recognizing, rewarding. Um, all of these groups of people rely on that to effectively and efficiently uh, accomplish their professional goals. Um, and so, Michael, actually we're making a, an, an exciting change at APQC um, to better address the needs of all of our members. We are um, broadening the focus of our human capital management research. So in addition to offering the cutting-edge benchmarks and best practices that we have for the HR function and for HR professionals, we're really uh, redoubling our efforts to help other APQC members address the people or the human capital aspects of improving uh, productivity and quality. So we're redoubling our efforts to not, con not only con continue to serve the HR function and HR professionals, but also to serve leaders, people, managers, and even individual uh, contributors as they go about accomplishing uh, their professional goals. And it's really our intent that when we pull all of this research together, it's our hope that APQC will be providing a more um, holistic human capital management guidance for our member organizations. So hopefully we'll be providing guidance that will ultimately help HR and the business work together uh, to make human capital um, a key uh, enabler of the organization's financial uh, success. So it's an exciting time for, for HCM uh, and APQC, even if you do not work uh, in, in the HR field officially. It sounds like it. Uh, can you give some examples of how current APQC resources would help professionals working outside of HR? Sure, okay. Um, why don't we answer this question thinking in terms of um, the different people challenges that might get in, a, in the way of a, a leader or a people manager or a supervisor, say, being able to achieve their um, professional goals. So one example would be talent shortages. Talent shortages are a problem for many hiring managers. Um, so what could a hiring manager do to prevent against having an understaffed, underperforming team? So we have research at APQC that talks about how hiring man managers could benefit from making uh, training and development a bigger part of their, their talent solutions. Uh, and this research offers practical, low-cost ways 
for people managers, for hiring managers to build this learning um, into their uh, their their strategy for having the the team with the capabilities they need to meet their objectives. Uh, another challenge um, that's facing many managers and supervisors today uh, is holding on to valued employees. And APQC offers guidance for how managers can keep their employees satisfied at work. Um, and what's great about this guidance is that it starts during the new hire onboarding process um, and, and managers' roles um, in onboarding um, the new employees that they manage. And then it continues um, and we provide best practices for engaging employees uh, through things like work-life balance and diversity and inclusion, practical strategies, uh, things that aren't always, um, don't always have a price tag associated with them, um, but that managers can incorporate um, into how they manage their employees that can positively benefit uh, employee engagement and hopefully um, reduce unwanted uh, turnover. I'd, I'd say a, a third challenge um, that I can think of relates to teamwork. Um, we hear questions from our members a lot about um, how to um, build and maintain effective teams and we definitely hear that team leaders are, are often challenged with, you know, how do you foster group collaboration, but at the same time, how do you keep your individual team members motivated to give their individual kind of peak level of performance? And what we see a lot is that it's, it's getting more difficult in some ways because um, team members more frequently seem to be geographically distributed in different countries, different time zones. Um, teams are more diverse in terms of age, so we're talking about different generations of the workforce, such as baby boomers, Generation X, uh, Generation Y, and we're seeing teams composed of people from different professions, working in different job levels, so this is all adding to the complexity of challenges that team leaders have uh, in terms of coaching their team to to deliver uh, results. Um, and so earlier this year, we, we actually held a webinar um, to really help team leaders with this challenge. And it was on how talent assessments can help um, managers make better hires uh, and build top performing teams. Uh, and then we also blogged about how uh, team leaders can build trust in ways that helps their team be more uh, productive. Um, and this next research I want to mention is a little bit older, but really I think best practice and, and really important for, for managers and, and team leaders and it's uh, about improving the employee performance management process and we provide research into how managers, um, team leaders can help um, the employees they work with establish effective performance goals and then um, really practical resources on how uh, team leaders and people managers can provide useful and frequent uh, feedback to their employees. So what, what are some um, wording approaches that are effective for delivering feedback uh, to employees? And we have all um, those, those kinds of resources at, a, at APQC. I'd say just one final challenge um, that I'd like to mention is uh, around leadership. Um, we hear that many of our member organizations are, are facing having significant numbers of their employees retire. Um, in the near future. Um, so we're seeing that today's leaders and, and managers are being tasked with 
determining you know, what capabilities will the next generation of leaders and managers need, and then um, how do you find the most effective ways to start developing these now? Um, and so at ABQC, we've done a, a number of research uh, studies to, to help with this particular business challenge. Uh, one is our Reviving Leadership Capabilities Best Practices Report. Um, and that contains uh, useful tips for, you know, whether you're, you know, someone who is a business leader, whether you're a people manager, even you're an individual contributor who's looking to grow your career and your leadership capabilities. Um, there's some great insights in that report. And then we also recently released um, some research on workplace mentoring, which is also a, a great tool for helping organizations um, prepare for, for looming retirements and, and prepare uh, their next. Uh, generation of leaders. So a lot, lot of great uh, resources that um, you know will be uh, of use, I think, beyond the HR function, but to people, managers, business leaders, and and as I mentioned, even individual contributors. So, what new research does APQC have planned to help professionals address the people's aspect of business challenges? So, what's what's new going forward? Sure. Um, so we have a number of upcoming um, human capital management research studies um, that are really aimed, again, at helping leaders and people managers tackle those human capital challenges that they face uh, as they pursue uh, their goals. Um, we have one study on uh, strategic workforce planning. And the goal here is to provide best practices and next practices that HR professionals uh, people managers and business leaders can all use to ensure that they have the necessary talent uh, even as business conditions continuously change. So we see um, that it's getting increasingly difficult um, to predict and prepare to have those uh, skills and capabilities that you need because the business environment is, is so frequently changing and business needs are changing. So we will look at things that, that HR, people managers, and business leaders can do uh, to ensure that they're, they're prepared and they have the skills they need to meet their objectives. Um, then an, an, another study uh, that we have, uh, you know, so we talked about workforce planning, but you know, once you get the right skills, the right people in your organization, you still need to know how to organize and empower them in ways that maximize productivity. Uh, so we're going to be doing a study to help with this particular challenge. We'll be looking at uh, benchmarking management layers and, and spans of control. We often get questions from members wondering what's the, the right amount of management layers. You know, how much uh, you know, control should each level uh, of management layers be given? Um, so what we'll be doing in this study is, is really looking for which approaches work best for different types of business uh, objectives. Um, and then I'm particularly excited about uh, cross, some cross-functional research that we have planned. So in HCM, we'll be partnering with other subject matter experts within APQC to conduct joint research studies. And two that are upcoming, um, one is on uh, attracting and retaining supply chain talent. Uh, so here we'll be bringing together our human capital management and our supply chain management expertise uh, to uh, work on that study. 
And then we're going to be doing a study on developing tomorrow's finance function leaders. So uh, getting to that challenge we talked about earlier, Michael, about preparing the next generation of leaders, we're going to be delving into that and, and looking at um, what are the specific requirements that finance has and, and what are some strategies that they can, can take unique to finance to, to make sure they have the leadership that they need um, in the future. Um, and then one other thing that we're going to be doing really to help us continue to shape our human capital management research agenda so that it you know, not only helps HR professionals and HR functions, but so that it also provides research that helps people, managers, business leaders meet their goals is we're actually going to be reaching out to APQC members and we'll be asking them about any pain points that they're in people pain points, I should say, that they're encountering in their work. So asking about different human capital challenges that leaders, people managers are having uh, as they go about um, trying to improve productivity and quality uh, within their, their organization. So I'm very excited to, to hear from our members uh, about what challenges they have and that they like to see us uh, research. Excellent. We always love to hear from our members. and. Uh... In particular, something they might want to know is what are some human capital trends that someone new to this topic should be aware of? Okay. Um, well, there's a, a lot of really um, big trends happening in, in the world of human capital management um, and a lot that affects you know, not just HR but also uh, business leaders, people managers, and, and even individual employees. And so, um, Let's talk about what some of those are. Some, you know, some of these can definitely affect how you know a leader or a people manage, manager you know goes about um, executing their goals. Just this year, for example, um, one trend that um, people may already be familiar with outside of the world of HR it relates to employee performance management. So, um, Michael, I think you know any employee can relate that you know performance reviews. Just mentioning that term can incite you know, fear, frustration. Um, it's not thought of as a as a, a process that employees or even managers uh, find useful. Um, and um, what's great, though, is that we're really starting to see some change in organizations and how they um, handle this process. So we're seeing it shift away from being a once a year you know, top-down um, HR and compensation-focused event. And what we're seeing is that it's slowly becoming something that um, employees and their managers uh, do on a, a more collaborative, daily kind of basis. And we're seeing it being focused more on, you know, how do we grow and develop the employee? How do we help them be better in their current job and, and prepare for what might be a, a future role uh, in our organization? Um, and um, so this is exciting because hopefully this process will become, you know, less painful and more beneficial for, for managers and employees. But it's also important to know about because as we make this transition in our organizations, there are going to be many new skills, new processes that leaders, managers, employees will need to learn um, in order to make, you know, take advantage of, of these changes. Um, so that's one one uh, change that's particularly exciting because it's it's caused a lot of grief, I think, for people for a lot of years. Um, another big trend uh, is around employee uh, engagement. 
So um, I really think people managers will want to watch this trend in particular. Um, we're seeing, um, you know, in 2016, unemployment levels have recovered in many locales. Um, and we're seeing global talent shortages in numerous fields, so things, fields such as uh, technology, analytics, science, engineering, healthcare. Um, and so workers are gaining more employment options, and it's going to be increasingly important that leaders, um, supervisors understand what it is that these employees seek from the employment relationship and, and be prepared to try to provide those things in order to hold on to their, their valued uh, employees. And in fact, Michael, I'm very excited about an upcoming webinar that we have in the month of May. And it's all about how do you create a culture of engagement. Um, and there are going to be practical strategies presented. So if you're an HR professional, there'll be things you can do. If you're a people manager, there'll be specific things you can do to foster a culture of engagement. And I'm particularly excited about the fact that this webinar is going to talk about, as an individual contributor, as an employee, what are things you can do to create a culture of engagement you know, for yourself and for your coworkers. Um, so that's coming up. Um, a couple other trends I, I want to mention. One is around um, analytics. Um, this has been a really big human capital trend that will continue. Um, we did a survey um, called our Talent Trends Survey, and in it, participants predicted that in the next five years, um, their organizations will be using predictive analytics to improve employee engagement and retention. Um, that's exciting, but for people managers and business leaders, what's even, what's even more important to know is that analytics is going to become a tool that they can use to manage their workforce costs and to boost their workforce productivity. Um, so that's one, uh, one thing to watch out for if you're a people manager, business leader. Uh, you will definitely be seeing new tools, new dashboards, um, things to help you use analytics to um, boost uh, your team's performance. Um, and then one other trend I, I want to mention, Michael, is around learning. Um, so coming out of the recession, you know, we've seen that work teams and organizations today are lean. Um, we see that it's hard for managers to give their employees time away from work um, to do learning. Um, and um, we're seeing that many organizations you know, because of the recession, really cut down on their training and development staff. And, and so now they're short staffed when it comes to designing uh, and delivering learning opportunities. Um, yet, at the same time, we're not seeing any easing in terms of the demands on organizations to increase productivity and to continuously improve performance. Um, so I think it's important for leaders and, and managers to be thoughtful about ways that they can foster continuous learning uh, and improvement cultures. Um, we've done some research already on this, um, and it really a, gets back to that performance management piece, too. You know, offering feedback as a regular part of the business day, having development not just occur in the formal classroom environment, but really finding ways to help employees develop in the course of, of doing their, their job. Um, encouraging knowledge sharing uh, and uh, cross-functional uh, collaboration. And 
really there are going to be many roles that managers and, and coworkers can play to support this kind of continuous learning uh, within their organizations for themselves and for their teams. Um, so that, that's another exciting uh, trend uh, on the horizon. Right, excellent. And I'm sure many of our members uh, are looking forward to, to a lot of this research and these upcoming items here from AQ, APQC. And uh, one last question before we, we conclude today's podcast. There's been a lot of talk in the news about like robots and drones and all these things coming to take your job that are mechanical. Uh, how does HCM apply to industries or organizations with high levels of automation? Sure. There really has, Michael, been a lot of press attention uh, given to automation and, and robots taking over people's jobs. Um, and it, this definitely is an issue really for you know, some or some industries more than others, but really all industries to some extent. Um, you know, automation is is really one tool that they have. Um, to consider when they're creating their workforce plans, when they're trying to figure out how they're going to have the capabilities to meet their business objectives. Automation is, is one strategy, one approach that can factor in. Um, so when, when organizations choose to use um, high levels of automation, um, they still, though, need human capital management. Um, so really, if you think of, of an organization that's considering boosting uh, its level of automation, um, that organization is going to have a particularly strong need for human capital management, things like um, change management, retraining employees, redeploying employees, um, even retention strategies, because even with a lot of automation, you, there still will be skills that need to be done by a human. How do you make sure uh, through this adjustment and change that you retain those workers uh, that you need? So. I really think, uh, and it you know, remains to be seen, but I really think that rather than you know replacing the need for human capital management, that automation brings its own set of people challenges for leaders and, and managers and, and workers. Um, so, for example, as jobs are automated, um, everyone needs to be identifying and developing, you know, a new set of skills because new jobs will be created, um, and um, these jobs, you know, for example, might uh, place a higher priority on creativity or collaboration or problem solving, for example. So as an individual worker, as a, a people manager, how do you make sure that you're preparing to, to have um, those skills in your workforce or for yourself, for your career? Um, so for a business leader, you know, you might be thinking about how do I partner with educational institutions to make sure my future workforce will be prepared with the most relevant skills that, that new jobs, jobs that can't be automated need. Um, and then managers, there'll be a big role in how do you, you know, how do you assess your, the skills that your employees have and, and guide them towards new career paths uh, and learning opportunities. And you know, as an individual uh, contributor, how do you make sure that you are always setting aside enough time to be reskilling and upskilling and, and making sure that you stay uh, employable? So um, automation might slightly change the flavor of the types of human capital management problems or challenges that you're addressing. Uh, but I, I, even with high levels of automation, I, I still think that human capital management um, will be needed just as much. Well, thank you, Alyssa, for taking time to, to speak on this topic uh, in great detail and, and let us all learn a little bit more about human capital management, both in general at APQC. 
And this has been the APQC podcast, bringing businesses the information they need to work smarter, faster, and with greater confidence. You can find more at apqc.org. And don't forget to find us on iTunes. Thank you for joining us.